Hi-ho! Welcome to Election Profit Makers, your guide to winning and losing money on the 2020 election along with related catastrophes. My name is David Reese. Some know me as Kid Midas, the original wave rider. I'm one of the main stars of Election Profit Makers, and I'm joined this week by two friends. One is Starly. Hi, Starly. Hi. Starly Quinn, a force of anarchy. Uh, her hair's all different colors, and I think she goes around kicking in plate glass windows. <laughs> and the other friend that's joining me today is this real interesting guy way down south, down around Carolina way, down in the bayou by Florida. His name is John. Mm. I think his name is John. Yep. John Kimball. Some people call me Long John Silver. And like, what is your deal? I'm just a friend of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's all the criteria we need. So All this right. week on um, Election Profit Makers, I didn't realize this, but the election is just about three weeks away. It's it's felt like it's been 10 years away for about four years, and now it's only three weeks away. You didn't realize that? No, it just sneaks up on you. You know, when you're not you have, paying you attention have, to something been... and you're not hearing anything about it and you're not getting any <laughs> emails about it, it just sneaks up on you. Yeah. And pursuant to that last bit, let me just say, this is a private message to Jamie Harrison. Listen, man, I'm happy for you. And that money you raised is outstanding. But can you ease up on the emails for like one second? I'm trying to breathe here, dude. I'm trying to keep my head above water. Uh, Just give me a minute to catch my breath. All right. Holy guacamole. I mean, I don't I don't know if this is the week to give him that message. There just might be a few things happening this week that might make him want money. Well, if he wants money, he must be happy because he has one penny. (laughs) All right. Anyway, so let's get to it. There's a lot to talk about this week because the election is approaching. I thought it would be cool if we talked about politics in the election for a while. Um, We're going to do a swing. We're (laughs) going (laughs) to. You don't like that idea, John? Yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, We can talk about the Lakers. The Lakers won uh, last night. I was biking home and um, I heard all this screaming and shouting. I thought maybe a famous person had died. And then I realized it was the Lakers because I passed by a bar and I saw LeBron covered in confetti. And I was like, they probably wouldn't do that if Trump died. So I've realized, oh, the freaking NBA finals. So we give a shout out to the Los Angeles Lakers. You saw LeBron covered in confetti on the television set. He wasn't in the bar. No, he was out on the street. He was on the street. No, no, he wasn't. He was, and he turned to me, and I was riding by, and he was like, Kid Midas? Is that you? And I was like, (laughs) King James, of course. He said, if the two of us could team up for a podcast called The Kid and the King, do you think we can make $100 a month on Patreon? (laughs) I was like, I think if we really tried, we could, LeBron. Yeah, so the Lakers, Danny Green got his third Danny Green, uh, former UNC UNC alum, one of my favorite UNC players. Yeah, he's one of your favorite UNC players. Why? Because he slouches, and his posture is pretty bad. He has the most insane (laughs) posture of anyone in sports World's history. best posture. No one looks more upright running at a full clip than Danny Green. It's really weird. I feel like his bone alignment, what do you call this? Skeleton. I think his skeleton must be different than most skeletons. So he got his third world championship. He's one of only four players to have three world championships at uh, three different teams. Shout out to Danny Green. So he's the reason the teams win the championships? Uh, you could look at it that way. LeBron is one of the other and I don't know who the other two are, but uh, LeBron and Danny Green are two of the four. Steve Nash. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I didn't know that the playoffs were happening yesterday. It's not because I don't like basketball. I do like basketball, but I didn't realize that I have no way for me to understand the timeline now of previous rituals. And so I saw the fireworks go off and I was with a few friends 
and uh, we were we were all we none of us had any answers. We were so mystified by what was happening, and we never arrived at the conclusion that it was Lakers related, sports related, right. We thought maybe a war had broken out, and we just none of us had looked at our phones. Everyone was celebrating with fireworks. Woo! A war to distract us from how bad everything is. Let's get this war started, everybody. This week, I think we're going to take it easy on the bands. I hope you've all caught up on our special bands-only episode, and that if you're listening right now, it's only because you still have not heard your name among the roll call of the damned. For many of you who cannot hear my voice because you've been banned, we grieve your absence But rest assured, it was for a good cause. We're creeping up on $19,000 raised for voting rights organizations. Once again, election profit makers, the game changers. No podcast has ever done what we're attempting to do. Zero listeners, zero hosts by Election Day 2020. Podcast Hall of Fame, Smithsonian wing of the new uh, podcast museum. They're just going to have empty microphones with our names on it and just going to say election profit makers. I hereby decree that this is one of the most extraordinary moments in podcast history. Signed, Mark Maron, Secretary of Podcasts (laughs) under the Kamala Harris administration. All right. Swing states, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else, we're going to talk about swing states. And um, I just read this article. Oh, my gosh. This morning while everyone was setting up. I didn't realize this, that Gary Peters and John James, that race in Michigan for Senate is tightening. And of course, this is all taking place on the moment that America is being introduced to and falling in love with ACB. Amy Coney Barrett. This creep. I was reading about her, too. She's cool, right? You you like her? Well, I love People of Praise, that organization that she's in that wiped all mention of her from their website. That feels like a nice organization that uh, is appropriate for the 21st century. Mm -hmm. They're going to outlaw everything, man. Yeah. John, what do you want to start with? You want to talk about the uh, the Michigan Senate race? I could tell you that I had a listener, and I can't remember who it was, who hit me up several weeks ago saying to keep an eye on this race. He thought it was closer than it appeared in the polls, and I mm-hmm. kind of blew him off. And I saw this poll this morning, and I thought, I think this guy might have been on to something. He's in Michigan. So what the latest poll has it- Within one point. Within one point? That would be big if they could uh, pick that that race off. So it's John James as the Republican challenger. This guy drives me crazy because I'm on his mailing list for some reason. And he's like a helicopter list. pilot in the Navy or the Air Force. So first of all, every piece of campaign iconography has a huge helicopter flying right at you, which to me is a defilement in, of the spirit of Helicopter Tony. So he's a big, uh, big tough guy. And then Peter is the Democratic incumbent. I mean, I'm looking at predict it right now. Peters has fallen seven cents, I bet, since that poll has come out. He's at 69. And all of a sudden, John James shot up to 31 cents. I'll tell you, it's tough running against these candidates that fly helicopters or fighter jets or, you know, space shuttles. That's why Trump won. He's got such an impressive military record. Oh, yeah. (laughs) There was no no coming up against that. You don't have to have it, but if you do have it, it's just it helps. But what if you call the military losers and suckers? Uh, that doesn't matter. Once How once, does that not matter? Because once people have projected all their desires onto you, it doesn't matter what you do or say anymore. Fine, but it can't be that plus it's hard to come up against the military. Of candidates. course it. Human the human mind can bend itself into the most inc- beautifully <laughs> Wretched contortions to accommodate a worldview that doesn't challenge you and lets you hate everyone that you want to hate. Like, there doesn't I mean, have to be that's... any consistency. The party of helicopter iconography can also be the party of calling 
dead service members, suckers and losers. Like, there's a way to thread any needle. Well, that's what we're <laughs> seeing. I woke up to Lindsey Graham threading that needle in his opening statements. So, yes. The human mind is a wicked seamstress. So, Peter's uh, real clear politics average. Peter is up uh, just under five points. But he's gone from 10. I mean, he was leading a high of 10 just last week. And now this new poll has him up by one. I'm going to be really pissed if John James wins, man. Look, 538 still has Peters as favored to win at 79 in 100 chances. So, you know, he's still a pretty strong favorite there. 538 also has Biden winning. Michigan in 91 out of 100. Mm. And then and then this poll just came out with the New York Times-Siena that has Biden up 10 in Wisconsin and 8 in Michigan, or it's, or it's the other way around. Let me just check. Sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to hold for a moment as Long John Silver checks these. Yeah, Biden, Biden is up 10 in Wisconsin and 8 in Michigan. Those are pretty big numbers. Let's get it, Wisconsin. Corey, you keep calling your people in Kenosha. Let's get it done, Wisconsin. Isn't Corey banned? Is he not still banned, this is Corey? Not, I'm not talking to him through the podcast. I'm literally talking to him right now mm, okay. on the phone. Get it done, Corey. You got this, Corey. I'll, 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 I'll talk to you later. I'm talking to you now, obviously, on the phone, but I'll also uh, talk to you later. Let's do our swing state. Yeah. Let's do our swing state review. We're going to start in the Midwest. Okay. Michigan, Wisconsin. Okay. Are probably gone. Gone to who? Uh, Pennsylvania. Probably gone. To? Minnesota, definitely gone. I don't like the language. Don't say gone because it makes me feel like it's gone. It's out of reach. It sounds like we lost them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) John, we need them. They're ours. Pennsylvania is hopeless for us. If we support Donald Trump, it's gone for Trump. It's it, but we're not Trump. It's we're, okay. It, what are you, the new press secretary? No. Okay. He, here's Trump's best chance. Here we go. In the Midwest is to pick off Pennsylvania, and if he were to pick off Pennsylvania and were to hold everything else, then he would win the election. But right now he is down about five points in Pennsylvania. 538 has him about an 87% chance of Biden winning Pennsylvania, which is his worst odds of the three in the Midwest. What's his best odds? Let me check here. I can tell you what Predicted says about this. Predicted thinks Biden's winning the entire country. What what happened to the Trump money on Predicted? Oh, yeah. Why isn't there a bunch of Trump money boosting Trump on Predicted? Well, I mean, Trump is, he's trading at 40 cents right now. That's really high. You know, Biden is at 67 cents, uh, and yet you're looking at his odds in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Michigan at, you know, over 85% in all of those, which those are the tipping point states. So really, Biden should be trading at 85 cents or so on uh, Predicted, and Trump should be trading at 15 cents. So I think the Trump people on Predicted haven't given up hope yet, which is great. I mean, this is a great uh, buying opportunity if you can short Trump at 60 cents still uh, at this late in the game. It's no guarantee that Trump loses, but certainly, you know, there's value there at this point. Okay, I'm looking at real clear politics right now. I want to give you the spreads on the top battleground states. Florida. Mm Mm-hmm. Biden up by 3.7. Pennsylvania, Biden up by 7.1. Michigan, Biden up by 7. Wisconsin, Biden up 6.1. 
North Carolina is the squeaker, John, and we need we, uh, come on, North Carolina. Only one point four for Biden, but that's not a surprise. North Carolina is one of the most inelastic states, as is Florida. So we wouldn't expect much movement in North Carolina. People really dig in their heels, uh, whereas states like Ohio and Iowa, some of those upper Midwestern states, are more likely to swing wildly between elections. And finally, Arizona, Biden up 2.7. So according to the top battleground section on Real Clear Politics, there's no battleground state where Trump is leading Biden. Wow. Uh, Should you rest easy? No. What about Ohio and Iowa? Let me check Ohio and Iowa using my browser and its attached keyboard. Uh, Iowa, Biden is only up 0.6. Yeah, I think Ohio is really close and Iowa is going to be really close. In 2016, was Trump ahead in any of the states that David just named before the election? Mm, No. So So we should be feeling really calm and not worried. But 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 it, but it was different. Two two thousand and sixteen, the race was a lot closer. The race would would fluctuate between Hillary having a five or six point lead to it practically being tied. Whereas this year, Biden has has maintained at least a seven point lead at all times. It just hasn't. It's felt crazy, but it's been a very stable race. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order for Trump to win at this point. You would need to see some tightening, uh, which I think might happen, but then you'd also have to see a colossal polling error, uh, something bigger than what we saw in 2016. And keeping in mind that the polls this time supposedly have been corrected. Right. Or overcorrecting, if anything. I mean, at this point, it's it's um, to do a sports analogy, which I know I'm so good at. Oh, dude. You're going to talk about the end the end zone stand again? No, 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 no. I'm going to stay away from that. I would say that it is more at this point. If the election were today, it's like Biden kicking a ten or fifteen yard field goal. Got it. Yep. Yeah. Pretty easy. Uh, or you know, it, Trump hitting uh, like a three quarter court three pointer at the buzzer. But that can happen. It it happens, and you see it happen. But but most of the time, it doesn't. But you'll definitely hold your breath with the ball in the air, depending on who's shooting it. But keep in mind, Trump is not Steph Curry. Can you? Are you sure? <laughs> you know, Nate Silver has uh, has Biden with like a one in three chance of winning Texas. Right. That's when we get into funky fantasy mode. I'm not sure we should do that on Mike because it's so crazy and perverted. Doesn't feel right to talk about freaking Georgia as a battleground state. And Texas is a one in three opportunity for Democratic pickup. Yeah, that's where the electoral college market is just killing because people aren't sure what to, they're sort of piling into the mm-hmm. 280 plus margin of victory, which would be if Texas ended up going blue. And also in the margin of victory for the popular vote, if you guys remember last week, I came out and said, I did not recommend anyone else did this, but I did say I was going to go no in the margin of victory at 10 and a half points or more. And this week, like four polls came out showing Biden up by 12. So I played that wrong or a little too early. I still kind of think it's going to tighten. And it's hard for me to believe that Biden is going to win by more than 10 points. There is something crazy. It's really hard to keep perspective. 
looking at this electoral college market, I have to ground myself more than ever against what it is trying to tell me is going to happen because I'm really worried it's going to leave me unprepared for mm. the reality of November 3rd. Mm-hmm. It's it, there's a you, there's a utopian fantasy happening on a, on a predictor right now. <laughs> it is nuts. Like I can't I think last time Trump won by an extra 77 more electoral college mm-hmm. points, right? So like I was trying to when I was first investing in this market, I was trying to play it safe, but like Dems winning by 60 to 99 is tanking. Yeah. Like that's like that they're that acting as though that's insane. That he would only win by a mere 60 to 99 extra points. Yeah. It's make it's freaking me out. It's freaking me out. Yeah. I'm down about four hundred dollars in that market. I am not proud to say. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> But you're down because you're trying to be sensible, right? Yeah, I'm trying to be sensible, but And they're already throwing the party. Yeah, I think the yeses are way oversold in the electoral college market at this point. If you were to go negative risk and to sell all your yeses and buy in to the no shares, that might be the way to go. Uh if you haven't already committed yourself to these yeses like Starley and I have. Yeah. Uh so we're we're sort of stuck at the moment. Yeah, I can't do anything. I can't do anything. I Okay, it, it, the it, thing to do is just not don't panic. Don't panic. I don't I think it's going to come back. I think Biden is probably not ahead by this much. But maybe he Although, is. Oh boy, those but staples. Maybe he is. He, I mean, if <laughs> yeah. he's up by 10 in Wisconsin, <laughs> yeah. then he probably is up 12 nationally. I just think it will come back at some point. Okay, but John, is it possible that I'm going to lose money? The only one that I'd be losing money right now is if he wins by 280 plus. Is that possible? Am I supposed to be betting into that market? Yeah. Yeah, that's possible. But you don't care. It'll be great. It'll be amazing. You'll be be. like, I lost $400 and he won Texas. So you can't lose. I won't lose because I'll won in the presidential market. So I'll just take those winnings and apply it to this. It's more like I feel like I have to emotionally. I'm really trying to resist the idea that that's possible. I don't I don't I don't want to fall even farther than I did last time. Can I tell you who's loving this conversation right now? Who? Jamie Harrison. David Reese. What What is left to happen with three weeks out, John? I think there's there's one thing that is a game changer. We don't want to beat up on you this week, but this is something else that you got a little bit wrong. In addition to ignoring our listener from Michigan talking about how the Senate race was probably closer than it seemed, you were convinced when the president of the United States came down with COVID that it would not end well for him that he would be diminished and weakened and and compromised and maybe even rehospitalized but instead president trump drew on some inner fount of strength and wellness and health and and youthful vigor and he he's back he uh, he had a balcony speech to some people that candace owens paid to go listen to him and he wants to spend every day on the road from now until <laughs> November 3rd. He's going to mm-hmm. be in Florida today giving a rally to end all rallies. He's immune now. He's unstoppable, John. How did you get that so wrong? Well, wait a minute. I, I wasn't the only one who got that wrong. David also got it I, wrong. Yeah. I said there's no way he's going to be out of the hospital. By Monday. By he Monday, was in you- the hospital for like two minutes. I know. He was like a gnat when the car pulls into the pit and they just dump steroids into the car and inject it with all kinds of crazy off script medicines. And then the car goes tearing back out onto the track to finish like a true winner. And he's going to be doing rallies again. I know. I said he would never do a rally. So yeah, I blew those. 
look, you can't win them all. Whoa. We, you don't have to win them all. You just have to win the one. Okay. Just win the one. Do you think this changes anything, John? Because I watched cable news a little bit over the past week, which is not usually a part of my lifestyle. And um, everyone is like, "How does this help him or hurt him?" Like, no, it doesn't help him. I think it hurt him. I do think it hurt him. Really? Yes. I think I don't. I, it didn't help him. It didn't give him the um, extra bump of him recovering from sympathy, uh, COVID, whatever. Sympathy, but also some people were afraid he was going to look like a Superman for beating this virus, like right. taking it on. So I don't think he got that. But on, in addition, I think he seems crazy, like even to his not the maybe roids. not the base base, yeah. Right, yeah, the the rage tweeting and the insistent. He seems actually really fallible and really mortal at the moment. Oh, interesting. Because of how hard he is resisting taking care of himself. The test will come this week when we see how he performs at these rallies. You know, the White House balcony rally went actually shorter than it was scheduled for. He kept it really short and tight. Hmm. We weren't subjected to his delightful, extemporaneous, you know, flights of fancy, discursive wanderings among the leaf-dappled avenues of his the recesses of his mind, right? Mm -hmm. And if his rallies... um. Going forward or also kind of cut a little short, it could be underwhelming to his base. We'll see if his base shows up. Mm, yeah, that's he's, true. That's the other thing. He, it does seem He much literally more did dangerous. have COVID at a public <laughs> event and everyone around him got sick. Like it is Yeah, you're right. I, I think that penetrated. They're still gonna vote for him, but I right. don't know if they're gonna turn if they out. stop coming. Ooh, this is what I like. I love to see those empty gymnasiums when when some <laughs> intrepid reporter no, turns around and that's is like, not gonna happen. They're going to show up. They're going to show up and he may keep it short again, like David said, but I think that's pretty good for him because when he goes an hour and a half, people start leaving. Those rallies get kind of boring. He probably doesn't want to do that, but I think it would help him. You know, just like he doesn't want to get off Twitter, but if he got off Twitter, that would help him. In 2016, he, he Bannon was able to rein him in at the end and he stayed off Twitter going crazy for the last few weeks. And I think that helped him some. Has anyone heard from Chris Christie? He's out. He's out? Of the hospital. So everyone is saying that Chris Christie and, and Trump are superhuman and that COVID's no big deal. But you have to remember, they were both hospitalized over it. It is kind of a big deal. But I wonder, do you, are you getting the sense that that part is working? Even if it's not going to help Trump, that it, the messaging of COVID's not that You can serious. beat it. Yeah, and then right. we, shouldn't, we, nothing, we, sh we shouldn't be shutting down over it. Is that affecting things? Or are people just saying that but actually scared? I mean- more than 200,000 people died. And I guess you can have the mindset like a lot of people on the right do that it's like, yeah, but they're faking the numbers. Like those people didn't die from COVID. But if the projections continue, it's still like a thousand people a day. Like at some point, aren't you going to know somebody who knows somebody who has a friend who died of COVID? And then when Trump comes out and he's like, yeah, it's no big deal. They just pump a bunch of drugs in you. Regeneron for everybody. I'm number one. You're going to feel like he's a little bit just off? There's just something off about the way he discusses COVID? Well, that's what I think people are feeling. There wasn't like the rallying cry around these latest, it's no big deal proclamations. And I think it's for the reason that you're saying. Maybe it's bumping up against lived reality for a lot of people now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just even, so even if you don't know people who died, everyone lost this year of getting to see someone really old in their life. Right. And isn't that why Trump is tanking with seniors, voters over the age of 65? You keep grandma away from her grandkids, there's going to be hell to pay. Yeah. 
And that time's already gone. So you don't want to, I think it actually matters more to people to make that mean something than to say that was for nothing. Right. Yeah. I wonder in the end when this election is over, assuming we reach a post-election place where historians are writing about it and people will say, you know what really Trump really messed up when he had that first crazy debate and then when he literally caught fucking COVID. What a huge, what a huge unforced error it was for the president of the United States to catch COVID and have to go to the hospital. Yeah. And that debate plus him catching COVID I can't believe he's still in this race. I mean. Yeah. That was a serious backfire. Yeah. But what if he had, when he came out of the hospital, if he had done, which was reported in the New York Times, uh, that he contemplated coming out of the hospital wearing a Superman t-shirt under his dress shirt and then stripping it open. That would have been. That actually would have been pretty amazing. if, if If he had pulled it off, which I'm not sure he could have. Because for one thing, would if he's wearing a white dress shirt, we're going to see the Superman shirt under it. You know what I mean? Like, first oh, of all, yeah. that's tricky. Second yeah. of all, he has to get a special breakaway shirt because it's actually pretty hard to tear open a dress shirt, I think. Well, the, um, but, the, but the tie, his long red tie could have come down over the dress shirt and then covered some of the coloring the, underneath the white shirt. But then what does and he do? The Flip tie- the tie over the shoulder before he rips the shirt off? Maybe flip it yeah, or it's, yeah. a, it's a breakaway tie, like a Velcro tie. Oh, like a stripper tie. Or the tie is attached to one seam of the shirt. So here's the question, John. It's a great question. Did they shoot this idea down because they thought it was a bad idea or they thought it was a good idea, but there was a risk he wouldn't execute it in one take live in front of everybody? Because if he had tried to rip his shirt open to reveal the Superman logo and he had messed it up somehow and it was actually fumbling with the one last <laughs> button, that would have been oh such a huge biff. True. It was, it w- but it was worth, it was such a, ri- it, it would be risky, but I think when you're down 12 points, why not go for it? Because if he had pulled it and, off, and you had, oh my God, so epic. Yeah. I would have sold all my Biden shares on predicted immediately. And I think everyone's forgetting about, they, this is the president who can drink a glass of water. He's got big water energy. Yeah. He can do whatever he wants. He can rip open a shirt. No, that's good. He nailed that one. I think if he hadn't done the video saying he was okay, it actually would have helped him more because that's where we saw him be kind of scared. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He should he should have just gone silent, Superman, rage tweeting. What they should you know what they should have done? They should have put him in a tomb and rolled a huge stone in front of the entrance to the tomb. Oh my god! And then after three days, he would have just rolled that motherfucker off to yeah. the side, stepped out full Jesus robe in effect, walked. You know, gone up to Thomas. Who would Thomas be? Clarence Thomas looking at him like, I can't believe you're still alive. And he would show him the holes in his lungs or whatever and be like, doubting Thomas, you doubt me now. Don't you see these holes in my respiratory system from COVID? Thomas would fall to his knees apologizing. It would be amazing. Yeah. Hey, I just thought of a great joke. Tell me if this is a good joke. I'm going to get my stand-up comedy career rebooted once we have comedy clubs again, and I'm going to focus on um, what I hope is that Biden becomes the new president and I can really focus on Trump jokes. And it'll be like, well, they say Trump is a lot like Jesus. Hmm, it is true. They both hung out with prostitutes. Hmm. Ooh. Is that a good joke, John? That's good. Okay, good. Tweet that. Okay. <laughs> Tweet that. Okay, I will. They say Trump's a lot like Jesus. They say it's Trump's true. a lot Jesus, like Jesus. No, they say who walked on water? Moses? Jesus. 
Jesus, who too, walked okay, on so. water? Moses, no, Moses Starley. Moses, Moses walked sea. between he, the water. He, he when parted, parted the, the sea. sea. Okay, yeah. so they say Trump's a lot like Jesus because Jesus walked on water and Trump fell down while getting off an airplane. I would do this. They say Trump's a lot like Jesus because Jesus walked on water and Trump drinks water mm-hmm. in an interesting way. Yeah. That, now, the other ones are, these are very clever. They say our President Trump is a lot like Jesus. And I have to agree with them. I'll give a little chuckle there as if I'm being sincere. Yeah, yeah. They say our President Trump is a lot like Jesus. And <laughs> I have to agree with them. They both hung out with prostitutes. And then I give this kind of raised eyebrow, kind of knowing expression to the audience as if to say, I'm telling a joke right now, y'all. And I'm a dig in. I'm getting a little dig in on this president. Moving on. Good stuff. Great stuff. What happened with these damn debates? First of all, no one knows what the fuck Trump has flying around inside his body. This Dr. Conley is a cute dude, but like many cute dudes, I do not trust a word that comes out of his mouth. They still refuse to say whether Trump has tested negative for the virus. It's obvious that Trump has never been tested for the virus and refuses (laughs) to be tested and just lies constantly about whether he has it or not. If I was Joe Biden, I would be suing the balls off Trump right now for showing up at that debate lying about his COVID testing. He insists that he is, quote unquote, cured. Uh, The drugs they gave him are are essentially a vaccine. The doctor has said he's no longer an infection risk or a transmission risk. So Trump's hitting the road to go do these um, live events. But the debate with Joe Biden, the town hall style debate, has been canceled. And Trump's making great hay of that. He refused to do a virtual laptop debate, which obviously (laughs) the image of Trump sitting in front of a laptop answering voter questions like, yeah, there was no way that was going to happen. So, John, what 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 does all this mean? This is another opportunity lost for Trump or perhaps because it's going to be unusual, an opportunity gained for Trump as he thrives on unusual situations. Mm, You know, people don't watch these rallies as much as they would watch the debate. So this was a chance for him to get a huge audience and to come back. I don't think he would. I think he probably would have done poorly in the debate. But he still got the third debate, right? That's going to happen, right? That's not going to happen. Yeah. The wheels are, the wheels, John, the wheels have done come off this election. Wait a minute. I don't think there's going to be a third debate. Has that been canceled? No, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Didn't you guys think the second debate was going to happen and I said it wasn't? Nice try. I think that was one I got right. I'm going to go back and look. I think I did say that. The third debate is supposed to be a traditional debate. It was town hall and then goes back to traditional. I think that, yeah, one more normal one. So well, he can't do that again. He doesn't have any moves left. He could talk about COVID. He could have, sh- I mean, he, he couldn't, but a candidate who had COVID could have showed up and really hammered the COVID arc. But the fir- but the way he would do it would still be the way he did the first debate where he was just trying to sow chaos right, and talking yeah. throughout the entire thing. He can't yeah. pull that move again. That first debate did not help him. Yeah. So what would he do differently in that third one? Well, he would be on more steroids, so he'd be really calm. Right. And he'd just be more disciplined and grown up, and we'd finally see that pivot. And maybe Biden flubs the third debate. There will be no more debates. No, nothing. There. N- here's my prediction about the rest of this election. Nothing normal is going to happen. The normal stuff is done. That's why I didn't know the playoffs were happening. No, no traditional thing that's on the schedule that's supposed to happen is going to happen, including this third debate. That's just not going to happen. No more normal things. He's just going to hit the road. It's going to be like, you know, we keep talking about Henry Rollins, but Henry Rollins is such a, it's going to be like that book about 
uh, Black Flag touring in the 80s called Get in the Van. You just play every night. You get in that little van with all your stinky bandmates and you just sit there and you just go from venue to venue. You just hit the road. It's like what Mike Watts said. If you're not playing, you're paying. You got to book these gigs, son, and get in that econolon and just go hard as fuck from now until the election. And just hope the crowds turn up. I mean, what else does Trump have left? Even Amy, Amy Coney Barrett getting in is not going to help him at this point. Well, he she, can't. There's no like he needs more than his base and he can't expand his base no matter what he does. And he also he doesn't have the patience or the self-control to message in a way that would expand his base. And there's only three weeks left and the clock is running down. Amy Coney Barrett getting confirmed actually really doesn't help him because he needed that leverage to say, vote me in again so we can get that other justice. If they get it, it's. They don't need him. Why do they need him after her? Yeah, that's true. Right. So you're saying it's over. I don't know if it's over, John. Do you think it's over, John? Well, if you're saying that he's not going to have the third debate, I think it'll be over. I think a third debate is his only chance to turn it around. I think the I think the third debate happens because Trump has to have it. No, it's not going to happen. And if Biden agrees to it, then Biden is a damn idiot. Biden never should have agreed to any of these debates unless Trump released his tax returns. And if Biden goes out and volunteers an opportunity for Trump to make up lost ground, then Biden is a damn idiot. Yeah, that's what I'll say. And speaking of damn idiots, we just have to address the other damn idiot in the room. Fucking Cal Cunningham down in North Carolina. Idiot. I think I might have called this one wrong because I said no one was going to care about this. This fucking Disney afternoon programming sex scandal <laughs> where all they're saying is, ooh, I would love to see you in a pretty red dress. Ooh, and I would like to see you eat a grilled cheese sandwich in the morning. Oh, you're historically sexy. This thing might actually blow up. John, I think you might have been right. I think I might have been wrong. And I'm really, really annoyed with Cal Cunningham, especially because this happened after he got the after he won his primary. This isn't from 10 years ago. Right. It's the timing that makes it so annoying because it's still not right a big deal in terms of like the actual event. It said he knows how this country acts about this stuff, and he did it ten weeks ago when it was when in a race. It just makes me feel like, of course, like it just it's such entitlement. Cal Cunningham needs to win that Senate seat. Tom Tillis needs to be sent packing. Cal Cunningham needs to show up in Washington D.C. Do whatever Joe Biden needs done in the first two weeks, and then he needs to resign. And Governor Roy Cooper of North Carolina needs to appoint Erica Smith as his replacement, his primary opponent. I like that. The person that the DNC decided not to support because she was too much of a risk and they would rather have a, a military guy like Cal Cunningham, a nice centrist. Low risk, safe bet in that seat. How'd that work out for you? This fucking idiot can't keep his thumbs off his phone talking about hugging and kissing. The wife of a wounded veteran. Great optics, Cal Cunningham. The woman that you had your little fling with is married to a wounded veteran. No one's going to make hay with that. God damn, you fucking idiot. I love how you guys have completely flipped on this. You just hate to see these idiots. It just drives you up the wall, especially because he was supposed to be the safe choice. Now, when they talk about safe, I think when it came to his... In compared mm-hmm. to Erica Smith, they're talking about policy-wise because she was to the left of him, right? Uh, and also, God forbid, she was a black woman. So obviously, Cal Cunningham, this nice white guy, is safer than that. Right, exactly. And then he turns around and fucking steps on his dick and is texting this. It's just mad. It's maddening. It's exactly why Cal Cunningham shouldn't be held up as the ideal safe candidate right. time and time again. His, his, the template of him. The John Edwards, the... The white guy with the nice hair. Yeah. Well, let's just say 
We need more polling in North Carolina before we can make it. One poll has come out, well, two polls actually. One poll came out almost immediately after the news broke, so I'm not sure that one counts, but that was public policy polling, and that's a, a D pollster, and that had Cunningham up six. And then we had a East Carolina University poll that came out that showed it tied. But that ECU poll, they had had one previously about a month earlier that showed it very close as well. So it could just be something with um, their sample. So I, I'd still like to see more polling to see if it's made a difference or not. But yeah, I continue to be worried about it, especially when I hear this news about Michigan. That that uh, doesn't leave us much room for error. Peters versus John James. John James sneaking up on Peters. Yeah. God. And the Iowa Senate race is a toss-up right now, so that's good too. I mean, if, if Ernst were to lose in Iowa, then North Carolina isn't crucial. But you, you don't you don't want to have a one-vote lead in the Senate. Yeah, right. You'd like it to be more. Uh, you know what? This North Carolina thing makes me... Can I read something nice that a listener wrote us about North Carolina? Mm-hmm. All right. This, this, is, this is to wash this Cal Cunningham taste off my mouth. I really soured on this asshole. Something profound. Just did you just, like him? Did you like him before, or did no, you? No, I mean he was fine. He seemed fine. He seemed fine. Whatever. Like get rid of Tom Tillis. I don't care who it is. And then for this guy to show up, I think you're right, Starley. It's just the entitlement. Yeah. All right. Nick B wrote us. He said, "My grandmother turns 101 years old in a week. A.K. She was born right before women got the right to vote. We're talking about a lifelong Republican here." Someone who meets your old school country club stereotypes about that group certainly had never voted for a Democrat for president, and it didn't look like that was going to change even two to three weeks ago. But Biden got her vote on the mail-in ballot she just submitted in North Carolina, and not only that, she partnered with her black neighbor in the assisted living facility. They reviewed each other's ballot to make sure there were no mistakes, and they served as witnesses for each other. The world is so upside down that that just happened. Then all I can say is this, time to go all in on a blue North Carolina, John. Love it. Shout out to Nick B for the inspiring story about his grandmother showing up, voting for Biden. Damn, happy birthday, 101 years old. That's amazing. Pardon me, though, I have to say, I don't want to talk ill about these seniors that we love so much, but it's like, you spent your whole life voting Republican, really? And just now, after 100 years, after 101 years, you're finally going to vote for a Democrat. for Okay, Grandma, I see you over there, Grandma. Well, you know, in her defense, for many years, the Democrats were bad. Yeah. You know, the, Dem- the Democrats in the South were bad until about the 60s. Right. Did you know Abraham Lincoln was actually a Republican? This is going to be another part of my stand-up routine. Kirsten wrote in and said, on a previous episode, John addressed a skyline question about what perspective is best for viewing a skyline. He mentioned flying around helicopter Tony style in Google Maps, which sounds very cool and fun. <laughs> okay, Kirsten. <laughs> However, he also said there are views in Manhattan, for example, which could only be truly observed from this helicopter Tony perspective. While this 500 plus feet view makes sense for an academic analysis of a skyline, I would submit that the perspective itself can be what defines the character of the skyline. I think the fact that Manhattan is an island, and that island happens to be long and skinny, is partly what makes it so unique and iconic. The shape of its skyline is finite, and you can see the whole thing at once from parts of New Jersey, Brooklyn, or Queens. It makes the landmark buildings easier to place in a stark background. I feel the Manhattan skyline is only truly appreciated sideways 
from across a river. Maybe it conveys a yearning and alienation that comes with the experience of living here. Or maybe it just looks like a cool pop-up book. Either way, I just wanted to share my perspective perspective. That is to say, her perspective on which perspective is ideal for looking at a skyline. What do you think about that, John? This, this is not the only listener who gave you a little pushback about flying around helicopter Tony style in Google to get the quote-unquote ultimate skyline experience. I think even Starley Quinn mm-hmm. was critical of this debasement of the skyline viewing lifestyle. Absolutely. I stand by that. Okay, look, I think it's a fair critique. But again, we were talking about looking at it from an academic standpoint, looking at it from a, a data standpoint and analysis. Were and, we? and, it, and, and I was. Mm. So it's it's just difficult to 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 see the entire skyline from, you know, uh, Weehawken or uh, Queens. I don't remember it being that academic. I remember it being like, it's really cool to fly between the buildings. I mean, it is cool. Take- yeah. <laughs> But most people aren't going to be able to see it from Helicopter Tony's viewpoint. So I respect that view. I, my, I objected it, when you were d- reducing it to building per building as opposed to the skyline itself, the line, the whole line. Like many philosophical problems, it arises from fuzzy use of language, which is to say that my mm-hmm. understanding of a skyline is that it is actually the visual phenomenon of looking at a city in profile. And what you see yeah. is the skyline. Now, the skyline is also obviously made up of components, which are buildings and architectural phenomena. But if you use skyline as a synecdoche for buildings, and then you say, I'm going to fly in through this skyline. You're flying through the elements that make up the skyline, but you are no longer seeing it. Yeah. Because the skyline is like a second order phenomena. Yes. Yes. And you're no longer able to evaluate the skyline. As a skyline. Yeah. Right. Look, I didn't major in philosophy. So here we go. New question from Christopher. He says, uh, this is a question I feel like it's talked around a lot and has been discussed with guest investors, but how do you know when it's time to sell your shares? I lost a bunch of money in 2016 as all my arrows flipped. I could have cashed out and made some money, but I was chasing that big payout rather than the smaller wave-based money. Is there a good rule of thumb? Biden in Georgia spiked three cents recently. Not huge, but I had made that as a quote-unquote heart bet. Can I sell the heart bet, or does that negate the wish? John, when do you hold them and when do you fold them? Hmm. Yeah, if you're in for the heart bet, you you got to hang in for the long term. But if you're in just to make money, you, you got to take your your gains sometime. You definitely cannot sell the heart wish. Really? The heart bet. You cannot. The heart bet is a wish. That is how the heart bets work. And you curse the wish if you sell it. What? Mm-hmm. What? It just what? Ha- it, it just it's science. What weird leather bound volume are you reading <laughs> this out of? I feel like I'm the authority on the heart bet. You can't sell it until the market is No wave is riding. Resolved. If you're betting with your heart, you have to see it all the way across the finish line? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. If it's not a heart bet, it's, it's, it's difficult. Uh, a lot of people like to sell at 90 cents. Uh, I, I generally will go higher than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not always a great idea to you know wait for it to, to resolve at a dollar. So sell somewhere in the mid to high 90s or, or 90 if you really want to be safe. It probably would have been smart to to sell out of Hillary when you know she hit. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think we should be selling our presidential stock once it starts climbing for real? It's just going to mean that Biden wins, right? Mm, no, because Hillary Hillary got up, I think, into the nineties on on election night. So uh, should in we 2016. sell? 
Oh my God, I can't believe this. We should sell. If you really want to play it safe, sell and maybe even buy some Trump on the other end, just as a hedge. So you sell your Biden, you make $600 or whatever on your $850 max, and then, you know, buy a bunch of Trump at five cents. You'll probably lose them, but in the event that Trump comes back and wins, you'll make money on on, on the downside. Mm. That does seem, that also seems, I, that seems so dangerous. But it's only at five cents, it would be cheap. You know, just like jinxing wise i think as long you have if you do that you just have to specify in your head that it's not at any kind of wish or heart it's just pragmatic it is yeah but here's the thing on election night in 2016 predict it completely went down and you couldn't access the site so you need to be prepared you, the positions that you take going into election night you need to recognize that there's a really good chance that you're not going to be able to trade out of this position mm. okay you, you need to assume that you're going to get locked out. So go ahead and set your sell orders at a certain point because you might not be able to access the site. Hopefully Predicted has, you know, a bunch more servers now and that's not going to happen. But um, they have a lot less market. So they what are they? They've got a lot more time to be dealing with these. Yeah. I mean, I'm not counting on anything for election night. I'm going to try to be in positions, have my hedges set and... Uh, hope for the best. And if I can access the site, then I'll, I'll actually do some trading. You know, if, if Biden hits 95 cents, I'll trade out of that and then move into the electoral college market. But I'm not going to make any assumptions that that will actually be able to happen. How much money do you have in Predictive right now, John? What's your total investment right now? Three weeks out. Yeah. Seven, uh, seven thousand <laughs> Yeah. So the 7000 is all your money that you put in or it's also your winnings plus your money that you put in? Uh, yeah, it's my winnings. So, so your original investment, well, you put in originally about $3,500 of your own money. Yeah, $3,000. <sighs> I really don't want to put more money in. Because of the leaderboards or something, right? Yeah, you know, it messes up It messes up my gains. So, <laughs> you know, as it is right now, I've, I've, I've doubled my money um, since we started. Uh, which is is good, but if I put more money in, then that yeah, that messes up my my percentage. Would you go into a voluntary coma for one month and then be uh, awakened up, woken up after the election, a week after the election? Would you go into a one month voluntary coma? You you go dark for one month and you wake up and presumably the election is over and they have something they can tell you about it that's definitive. Hmm. There's nothing else. Would you age during that time? Well, one month. What are you talking about, John? Would you age? Yeah, you're going to age the full month. You're going to wake up a papery shell of a human. All your teeth will have fallen out. No, no, no. I'm saying like, does does the aging process get uh, stopped during that month? Because I think the next month we're all going to age about a year probably. Oh, I see. So from from that standpoint, I would do it just, just for the health benefits. Yeah, I'd do it. You would, John? I'm surprised. Of course. I, I would seriously consider it just to avoid the stress. Though there's going to be a ton of stress after uh, the election as well. Yeah, I think that's actually when things are going to get really crazy. Even though predict it, would you said all you'd have to set a he's lot. He's already of- doing that. Like he's going to be good to go. He could probably go on vacation for the next month, go to a private island and just and just lounge on the beach and have no idea what happened, and then and then waltz back onto predicted a week after the election. You know, in your bathrobe. But I wouldn't want to. I I wouldn't want to be in a coma to have missed the announcement that Trump got COVID. Oh. That was worth being awake for. 
Like, if there's anything more like that coming up, I I want to be here for it. Man, I would get in that coma in two seconds. I would I would <laughs> I would be scrabbling, grabbing for that coma drug just to knock me out for one month. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. Coma buddies. We're going real easy on the bands this week because we put out our special band-only episode and we're all just shell-shocked and depleted by the violence of these bands. But we did get two bands from two VIPs. Um, These are two Patreon members of ours who have numerologically significant Patreon supporter numbers. So Zach G wrote in. Zach G is going down in history and he'll be in the Smithsonian Podcast Museum Hall of Fame because he's actually Patreon subscriber number 666. Hail Satan. He says, I'm rising from the satanic sepulcher to send in my volunteer sheet from my local elections board. So Zach, using the power of the devil, has decided to volunteer at his elections board. The carnage of the ban wars has moved the horde to rise and smite those that stand in the way of democracy to grind the bones of those that disenfranchise. Use the bands that this effort has secured me to bring John Kimball, who he calls the bass guitar of the podcast, into the darkly warm embrace of this satanic cloak that will keep him free from bands. Hail EPM Cool. (laughs) Hail Helicopter Tony. Hail Satan. See you at the finish line. Zach, thank you for volunteering to be a poll worker at your local elections board. John? This is yet another ban of protection. This one is a satanic cloak. I love it. He calls you the bass guitar of the podcast. You got to start keeping track who has more protection. Which one of us? I think John is in the lead right now. Mm. But we do have some bands I haven't gotten to yet that are piling up in your favor, Starly. We do know who the least protected and most vulnerable of the three of us is. And that is (laughs) Kid Midas, the original Wave Rider. I think someone kept me safe for $1,000, but I feel like the power is weakening and I'm more and more vulnerable to bands. Nate DeMeo. So that was Zach, Patreon number 666. And now I'm starting to believe that numbers are real and the powers of numbers are very, very significant. Because then we heard from Martin. Martin wrote in and said, banning a non-existent God from your great podcast seems counterproductive. But I did want to point out that I'm apparently Patreon number 777. Mm. I figure I'd send a screenshot of my poll worker status so that I can go ahead and ban Dan H. for getting to ride out all of this from the safety of Japan. He's a coward. Okay, so I don't know who Dan H. is or why he's in Japan or why he's run away from America when he should be helping out. But we thank Martin for being a poll worker. And I want to point out the uncanny parallels here. Listeners will remember when William H. wrote in with that incredible $666 donation to ban God from listening to the podcast. And then Satchel in Florida countered that with a $777 donation to unban God from being able to listen to the podcast. Now we have these same figures, 666, 777. These are the Patreon subscriber numbers of these two recent banners, Zach and Martin. John, you know numbers better than anyone. What is the power of numbers and numerology such that we could have these two numbers repeated? Not in dollar amounts, but in Patreon subscriber numbers. What are the odds of those numbers doing that? It's unlikely. I think it definitely means something. It's the numbers talking to us. You got to listen to the numbers. It's the first rule of religion and it's the first rule of polling and politics. You got to listen to the numbers. It's all about the numbers. 
Oh, I used to host a TV show and every morning we would wait on the numbers. That was such fun. And we would see these huge, massive numbers. <laughs> They'd be like, good news. Everybody in America is watching your TV show. You're definitely going to be a star. Oh God. It's so fun having to submit to the numbers. So you should see the numbers in my LinkedIn. Oh yeah. What's going on with your LinkedIn numbers, John? Oh my God. I'm getting killed over here. Really? It's nonstop. These uh, notifications, requests. I'm accepting all of them. What is it? LinkedIn.com slash John Kimball or LinkedIn.com EPM Satan? LinkedIn.com slash in slash John Kimball. Okay. Or you could just go to LinkedIn.JohnKimball.com. Doing it now. Hold on. Accessing now. And I found your LinkedIn. Wow. Yeah. 310 connections. Yeah, man. All new? How many of those are new? Oh my God, so many. I, I have no no idea. A lot. It's really heady time for me, right, these days. I, I haven't actually read a lot of the uh, the mail yet. God mm. damn it, John. We're out here <laughs> hyping your career so hard you're not even reading these LinkedIn offers. What if someone wants you to be the Secretary of Agriculture? Is your resume at least updated? Is it at least current? Yeah, it's current. It's co-host to election profit makers on it? No, no, I should add that. What are you talking about? It's not current. That's not really current. No, okay, I'll 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 figure out how to add, how to edit it. Starley, he's ashamed he's ashamed of the podcast, okay? No, 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 no. You can't no, no. make it, it any more obvious. He's ashamed he's ashamed of the podcast. Do you guys have it on your LinkedIn? I don't update my LinkedIn. Oh, wow. Okay, snob much? <laughs> Jesus, guys. Wow. I think everybody should hit Starley up on LinkedIn. Yeah. I already have a lot of invitations that I don't know how to accept because I always forget my LinkedIn password. Um, wait, I have a third ban. Oh, really? Okay, hit us. Um, the third ban is from me. I donated to the Florida Right Restoration Coalition Education Fund. Okay. The fund that helps you pay for the fines of felons. So that they can vote. So they can vote. Yep. So it was brought to my attention during our special ban only episode my friend John was banned by his brother-in-law, Sterling McKinnon. John's been a listener from the very beginning. And so I feel like I have no choice but to ban Sterling, John's brother-in-law, from listening. Sterling, turn it off, bro. You're done. Brother-in-law to John Sterling, you are banned. I hope John finds out about this somehow. I mean, it's going to be a really intense family Thanksgiving dinner this year. That's that's legendary because that's the first time an election profit makers host has has made a donation to ban someone. I did, I, I I had to. I couldn't just sit back. I'm going to ban someone, Starley. You've inspired me. Thank you. All right, here's my ban. This guy Carl W. in Canada. Have you donated? Have you donated? I'm going to donate right now. <laughs> okay. This guy was well, complaining okay. on Twitter about how we do too many bans and we read too many bans and it sounds like an NPR fundraising drive. And you know what? I've straight up banned this dude. I'm, you know, and this is how I'm going to ban him. I'm going to throw a penny in the direction of Canada. And that's how little, that's how little your listenership means to me, Carl, out here hating on us and criticizing us for our bans. We've got, we got $19,000 raised for voting rights. Go listen to your Celine Dion record, son. Leave us alone. Don't complain about us. We're changing the game here. We're going to be in the Smithsonian. This whole fucking <laughs> podcast it might not be on John or Starley's LinkedIn. It will be in the Smithsonian. So I'll donate later today to ban Carl W. from listening. Sorry, you played with fire, Carl. You got burnt, okay? For someone from Canada to criticize someone from America, that's got to be one of the sickest diplomatic incidents of all time. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. 
Election Profit Makers, which will soon be in the Smithsonian Institution, is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. We really do appreciate your support during these uncertain times. Thank you very much. Send your election prediction questions and skyline questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. That's also the email address where you send the receipts from your donations to voting rights orgs if you want to ban somebody. Uh, We have a relationship with predictit.org. The election is very close, but there's still an opportunity to invest wisely if you listen to the words of Long John Silver. So go to predictit.org slash promo slash EPM20. You'll receive up to $20 in matching funds for your election investment opportunities. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever you decide to get your podcasts to listen to and leave us a rating or a review. That would help other people find our little podcast. Don't forget, David, you have to donate to make your band real. Oh, I'll donate. Don't worry, Carl. (laughs) Don't worry. I'm not forgetting about that, Carl. (laughs) My name is David. I was one of the main hosts this week. You probably know me as Kid Midas, the original Wave Rider. And I've been joined by my two friends, Starly. Starly, goodbye. Bye. And last but not least, from way down south, North Carolina way, the home of Cal Cunningham, the original freakazoid, the dick stepper on her, John Kimball. Uh-oh. I got disconnected. Sorry, I got disconnected. But you're still recorded all the way through, right? Yeah, I still recorded all the way through, but you know, I don't know what you guys were talking about. So We were just talking about the credits. Talking about Daniel Powell and Rich Corson <laughs> and how they're the producers of the podcast and like you can rate and review us. You missed some hot shit, John. Oh, damn it. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.